Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio, where your humble, happy host, broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. Julie, my dear, welcome to today's radio show. Thank you. It's fantastic, as always, to share the show with you, and I am looking forward to rounding out our discussion about dealing with buyers and some of the crazy stuff they have to do to actually get a house these days, and of course, always with a direction to, you know, getting everyone to work on being a better listing agent, being a listing agent in the first place, and being a really killer listing agent if you're already mostly there. So I think it's going to be a great call. Okay, so listen, Julie, I need your permission. I haven't talked to you about this prior to the show, but I know you have some shout-outs too. But I need your permission to tell these guys some uh, what might be, for some of them, uh, I'll call it what it is, bad or scary news. Is that? Do I have your permission for that? Yes, and I appreciate that since you know that I may be the one dealing with it on the premiere call when they ask more questions. So, of course, it's our job exactly. to lay that, it out that, and let them know what's really going on. So, But I appreciate that. Asked. That's the reason I was asking you, because at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to have to, yep. And uh, customer service, too. Okay, so here it is. Listen, guys, Julie and I have been noticing, and this is something we've been warning you guys about since last year, and we've been telling you what we thought would be the early warning signs of a changing market. In the past 90 days, I have seen more early warning signs of a significantly changing, a a market that's basically, the horse has already left the stable, and we're already basically in the midst of what's going to be a market shift. And now, again, I want to be very clear about this. For over a year, we've been telling you this has been this is happening. For over a year, we've been uh, sharing with you how we know it was happening, or, or how we what we were looking for to see if it was going to happen. You know, last year we started telling you guys early. Well, really, this time last year we started telling you guys how the upper end markets were slowing down. The upper end markets have continued to slow down, and if you're in super hot markets like LA or New York or whatever. Your, you know, your market is really flat uh, over about two or two and a half million. You know, some of you guys like where we're from in Ohio are saying two and a half million. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. But in your markets as well, guys, you know, if your upper end market, if your luxury home market, let's say, is one point something or another, you know, or nine hundred or seven fifty or whatever, notice how the days in the market. Notice how the market's starting to shift. That is exactly what happened back in '07. Now, I realize. So here are the things that I've noticed. And Julie, back me up on this, and we're not going to do the whole show on this. Matter of fact, um, mm-hmm. we're just going to blaze through this. This is just basically sure. your 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 early warning sign, listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, we owe it to you to tell you guys the bad news. We owe it to you guys to tell you the things that you don't want to hear. I would rather have you guys be overly prepared, um, you know, cautiously optimistic, if you want to put it that way. But I want you guys to be overly prepared for whatever might be happening in the second half of the year. So here's what we're seeing, and you guys need to do your own homework in your own marketplace. Um, and don't get all – it's easy to basically not pay attention to the horizon when you're so busy focused on where exactly you should be putting your feet today, tomorrow, and the next day. You understand what I'm saying? You're keeping your heads down. You're not looking far enough into the future. Well, as your coaches, that's our job, so you guys are prepared so you're not caught by surprise. So back in 07, and I, I can tell you guys I, – I know it was 10 years ago, but I remember it like it was yesterday. And I cannot believe it was 10 years ago, by the way. Yeah, but 10 years ago, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what happened, and you guys tell me if you think this is similar to what's happening now. 
and Julie and I have been doing the show this week on this particular topic, uh, stupid offers from buyers. Let's just call it what it is. Buyers with no home sale contingencies, you know, I'm sorry, not home sale, but no financing contingencies, no appraisal contingencies, no inspection contingencies. Well, and to no give the home buyer, sale, nothing. You're no, contingent on nothing. Right, no home, Right, exactly. Overpaying, paying the difference between the appraisal and the and the you know house, giving the seller gifts just for negotiating their contract first, doing all these silly, stupid buyer things. That's what's happening now. You guys know it. And even in normal markets, you're seeing that happen. And you know, in the middle of nowhere, you're seeing in certain parts of the markets, you're seeing buyers that are doing really, really crazy things to try to get properties. And look, I understand why, and I'm not saying it's not necessarily a smart thing for them to be doing, because what they're doing is fundamentally smart because they're locking in long-term, really great mortgages, right? They can get a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage for 4% or less right now. Even if their properties do depreciate in value, who cares? They're still going to be able to afford the payment. So for the most part, even if they're what, even if six months from now or a year from now, they'll feel like they bought at the top of the market, at the end of the day, they would have had a house payment anyway, whether they're renting or whether they were buying. So in my mind, you guys don't feel guilty. Just be honest with them. If they ask you th- if they think you're buying at the t- uh, top of the market, they're buying at the top of the market, tell them it's no way, there's no way to know. You don't have a crystal ball. But even if they are, they're are always going to have a house payment, a mortgage payment, a housing payment. And, uh, yeah, I mean, right now they can lock in a long-term low house payment. That's a win. So just be very clear about that. But we are seeing lots of offers that are uh, you guys are, uh, you know, sending over that are really not very – I mean, they're really kind of out there, aren't they? Kind of crazy stuff. Now, here's the next thing we're seeing. Um, we're seeing crazy loans. I was just on a coaching call with a client uh, in L.A., and um, he had uh, someone just do, in essence, what it was a no-doc loan. So big mortgage companies are doing no-doc loans again. It's private equity, a lot of it, but that's what you're starting to see as well. It's been going on again since last year, but now you're seeing the expansion of it. You're seeing them lower the credit standards. Same thing that happened back in 07. Now, here's the other one. This is the big one for me. This is what I really, really pay attention to. You guys need to be very clear on this. And again, if you've not been in the business for over 10 years, if you didn't uh, basically survive and thrive through the last downturn in housing markets, you won't know what I'm talking about, and you'll want to maybe be a skeptic of what I'm about to tell you. Just focus. In every single market, the mortgage companies are supposed to report late payments usually after 30 days. When you went to real estate school, generally speaking, that's what they told you. It all depends on state laws, depends on a whole bunch of other things. But you need to forget all of that because it, it wasn't followed in the last crash, and it won't be followed in this correction. Here's what's going to happen. Here's what's already happening. When people miss payments, the banks don't necessarily report it to their credit uh, on their credit uh, because what then happens is as the uh, people start missing payments in mass, like thousands of people start missing payments, then that creates shockwaves. Then that creates shockwaves hypothetically in the bank's stock. Okay, So what happens is they're not reporting the lates. In some cases, they're not reporting the late payments for six months, a year. We saw that happen during the crash. By 2009, you could be missing a year's worth of house payments and not have a notice of default issued. Okay, so what happens is, again, depending on your state, you miss three payments. I think California is a good example. You miss three payments, and then you're supposed to get a notice of default. But that wasn't happening, and it's not happening now. So here's what we pay attention to, knowing that all the public reporting data with regards to home mortgages is fictitious. It's not real. But what is real, what we pay attention to, what you need to pay attention to, are BPO requests. 
Okay, again, I realize I'm speaking to literally 100,000 of you, and not all of you know how the process works. What happens is the banks will send out, and this is a great way for you all to make money, by the way, will send out agents to do BPOs. The agents are paid 50 bucks, 75 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks to do what it amounts to an elaborate version of a CMA. We teach you how to get in alignment with the, the BPO companies. We teach you how to do all that in our premier coaching program. It is, a, again, a fantastic way for you guys to make money. We had folks during the crash that were making over $100,000 a year doing just BPOs part-time. You can do the same thing. It's all part of the Premier Coaching Program. It is incredibly important that you all align yourselves with the BPO companies now, especially the BPO companies that uh, will also assign you REOs, but that's a different conversation. Just stay focused. So the banks will send an agent out to do a BPO through their service through the servicers. Servicers sometimes own the BPO companies. Generally speaking, they're contract uh, BPO companies. They'll send the agents out to do the BPO. They'll send the agent out on first missed payment, and then they'll send the agent out typically as they're starting to progress towards the foreclosure, towards the notice of default. What we saw, and Julie, help me out here, as we mm -hmm. saw probably about six months ago, maybe now eight months ago, we started hearing directly from the BPO companies. They contact us directly saying, we're looking for agents to do BPOs yeah. in these particular markets. We get emails like that all the time. And so what happens is that, you know, we'll share it with our agents. We'll update our list that's on the Premier Coaching Program, letting you guys know about what the BPO companies are, you know, the ones that pay this and do this and do the other thing. So that's, that's all part of Premier. But we started to see more and more of these BPO companies have an increase in the number of BPO uh, agents that they need. That is an early warning sign. That started to happen last year. And now what I'm starting to see, and I started, saw, started seeing this in December of last year, and we shared it with you on this podcast. We never hold any information back from you guys. As we started to see what only can be described as a dramatic increase in the number of BPO requests that were happening. This month, I've, and we're part of March too, I have seen so many of you guys, heard so many of you guys emailing us, letting us know that you're getting you know, two and three and four times the number of BPO requests, those of you who are doing BPOs, that you've ever seen before. And some of you guys are scared and you're shocked. Don't be. You're in the right place. We're going to show you how to turn those BPOs into REO listings if the market continues to worsen, which it will. Um, but there are your early warning signs. Those are the ones we pay attention to. Erratic, crazy buyer behavior, erratic, crazy seller behavior. We pay attention specifically to the types of loans that are being issued, and we pay attention specifically, and the most important thing, the very, very, very earliest warning sign um, are, is not publicly reported notice of defaults, is not publicly reported information from any of the big you know, credit agencies. It's the number of BPOs being uh, ordered. And I just told you that there is a dramatic increase across the country. This is not just one market. This is every market where we're hearing there's a dramatic increase in BPO orders. Now, if you're doing BPOs, which is smart, um, you need to make sure you're working with the BPO companies that are most active in your marketplace. I'm trying to head you off from an avalanche of questions about this on your uh, yeah. on your coaching call that happens right after our show today. Any comments or anything else you'd like to your, your, wrap uh, up? 15 minute pre ramp. Yes, warning. Um, yeah, I mean, this is how you guys know to move quickly. We coached agents through the last recession who did move quickly and they prospered as a result. We also have, you know, calls from, from agents that say, you know what, the biggest mistake I made was not moving quickly, not turning on a dime, not knowing what was going on, resisting, being in denial, all that kind of stuff. So just be frosty about this and pay attention. 
One of the best things that you have going is not just this podcast, but our premier agents where they're hearing from each other from real markets across the country. You know, what usually starts in the condo market, the higher end market, Florida, California, New York, of course, that trickles over in towards the middle of the country. You're going to hear about it before it's too late. So not a panic type of thing. It's just be flexible. Remember one of our previous points on, a, on well, we probably use this point a lot on our different versions of our podcast, is that flexible agents, versatile agents are the ones that indeed make the most money because they don't say, no, you know, short sales really aren't my cup of tea or no, I wouldn't do a BPO. They don't say stuff like that. They say, yes, it'd be my pleasure to help you. Tell me more about your situation. Those are the agents that make the most money. So that said, I think we need to round out our talk about buyers. I've got two really quick shout outs if you're ready for that, Tim. Yes, please. Okay, perfect. Uh, Byron Henderson in Clahaney, Washington, I could be saying that wrong, Washington State, says, I'm a new broker here in Washington for about a month now. Just implementing what I've learned from the podcast has produced three new listings. Wife and I also signed up for coaching. We want more. Thank you so much, Tim and Julie, for the direction and for the truth. I thought that was appropriate given our discussion today about what can be changing in the market. Um, Also, uh, coaching member Kiva Kendrick says, preparing myself to do something different this week by door knocking for sale by owners. My goal is to door knock 10 of them as well as 25 expireds and 10 NODs all by Good Friday. I figured this will be a great time to catch homeowners home due to kids being out of schools for Easter holiday and parents taking off from work for vacation. So Kiva is taking this market into her own hands and touching multiple different types of spokes between unrepresented sellers for sale by owners, expired listings, and in fact, 10 NODs. So I love her focus and her example. And she even has a picture on the private Facebook page of some of her, uh, you know, cards that say, sorry, I missed you, some little treat Easter buckets that she's taking with her. So I love her focus. This is great and a great example. All right, back to finishing out our points about how to deal with these crazy buyer offers, if you're ready, Tim. Go for it. All right, we're up to point number seven. If you guys missed previous points, get back on the uh, podcast replays and get up to speed. So we're talking about some of the ways of handling these buyer offers. Number seven, be the first to see it, the first to write, and communicate with the listing agents in order to win. Again, previous points said if you're not going to be willing to do these things and to go above and beyond, you probably shouldn't be working with those buyers. Refer them if you're not going to make this extra effort. If you are, remember the buyers are counting on you to get them what they want. Be the first to see it, the first to write on it, and communicate with the listing agents. It's not always just about price, guys. Sometimes a rent back is the difference between your buyer winning and not. Point number eight, counsel your buyers that, quote, a great deal means that they're getting the house they want over everyone else who's bidding, not that they're beating the seller up on price, which would be unrealistic expectations in most of your markets today. So help them define for themselves what does it mean to get a great deal when you hear that out of their mouths. Anything you want to add That's so correct. far, Tim? To, yeah, yes, go just ahead. real quick. So, so all buyers, well, most buyers, will say they're looking for a great deal. Um, most agents are going to make the mistake of assuming that means price. Julie just gave you the script. When they say, I'm looking for a great deal, you say, well, I hear that a lot from folks. What does a great deal mean to you? Um, and 
you know, don't be surprised if a great deal means moving condition, means location to what's important to them, means a whole bunch of other things, and then price. Don't seed them with the expectation that they're going to get a great price because they're not. They're going to probably, you know, they're going to be buying at what will feel like uh, an over, you know, too much. So make it clear to them that in this marketplace, because they're locking in these long-term great low interest rates, that they're probably going to have to be incredibly competitive, if not maybe feel like they're compromising on what they're paying. If they, you know, wince at that, if they're not willing to do it, then you need to realize that you're probably not working with buyers that are actually going to transact because they don't have realistic expectations. Julie, next point. Yes, absolutely. So on to our point number, let's see, we're on nine. Be willing to refer them to another agent if the buyer or buyers are not your cup of tea. Now, what does that mean? We've got to have some buyer standards. I just had a great conversation with some very strong agents in Gatlinburg, Tennessee about this. So what does it mean for buyers not to be your cup of tea? Well, the, the number one thing I would say is if they're combative, they're not coachable, they're not exclusively working with you, that's fairly obvious. The next rundown would be not sure about their financing. They're either not really pursuing it or there's something fishy about it, but there's other parameters too. They're looking too far out to really be worth your time driving all over the world trying to find them in the needle in the haystack that they're going to have to compete on, et cetera, et cetera. If they're not strong enough to compete in your current market situation, there's nothing wrong with counseling them to wait, save up more money, and or change the type of loan program that they have, you know, taking them from FHA to, uh, to uh, conventional, for example, that sort of thing. But whatever parameter you're using, there's nothing wrong with counseling them that right now, maybe this isn't going to work for you. Here are some different directions you can take. Send them back to the lender if you have to. Maybe wait or just refer them to another agent, especially our strong listing agents, where now is a killer opportunity for you to be building that listing inventory. If you are somebody that has taken to our coaching and does know how to get listing appointments and how to win, that's where your highest and best use of yourself is. That doesn't mean that you blow off your past clients, repeat referral, and you know, say high-end relocation. You can still cherry-pick some buyers, but be willing to refer professionally to other agents, get your referral agreements in hand, do a nice handoff, and then say lather, rinse, repeat. Nothing wrong with that. I actually think, Tim, some agents are on the edge of malpractice by kind of over-promising buyers that maybe can't compete or are a little bit weaker on their financing, letting them believe that they're going to actually buy a house anytime soon. I think if you're not going above and beyond counseling them, finding, you know, being the first there to those uh, showings, or even finding them stuff that's not on the market in the MLS, if you're not willing to do that, I kind of feel like you're lying to those buyers that you're going to accomplish their needs, don't you? I mean, at some point, it just kind of becomes unethical. Well, I do, and if, you know, everything you just said is true, and it always rotates back to the same conversation in a market like this where there's going to be a lot of uh, fear, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty, there's going to be a lot of doubt, there's going to be a lot of all the rest of it. If you guys want to be successful in real estate, the only way you can counterbalance that is becoming a listing agent. What happens, and we talked to you guys about this, I think, on uh, Monday, or just go back and listen to the first in this series, there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. There's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. There never will be, never has been. There are always going to be sellers that have to sell. In a changing market, they're going to be the ones that can't afford payments, have to relocate, can't afford payments, can't afford a new house and construction and contract on new construction. They can't, you know, you guys get the point, right? There's definite 
definite motivation for sellers. There's never definite motivation for a buyer. Don't convince yourself that there's going to be motivation from a buyer uh, that has the 1031 or this, that, or the other. There won't be. They can always rent, and that's what they'll do if they have the slightest uptick of fear from the news, from interest rates, from mortgages, from this, from the other thing, from the marketplace. They're going to just stay tenants. That's what they'll do. That's what they did. That's what they'll always do. So you need to really ask yourself. It's still early-ish in the year. You need to ask yourself if you want to be spending all your best energies the rest of the year chasing buyers. And I'll strongly coach you not to. Now, many of you, all of you, need to have a financial bridge to cross from being where you are now, which is probably too heavily buyer-dependent, into being listing agents. And so that means you're going to have to do both. Good. Do both. Work harder than you ever have, have worked before. Follow the coaching exactly as we tell you to do it. You have to know your market statistics. You have to know the market, the trajectory in your own individual market. You have to be ahead of the curve. Some of you who were in the market back 10 years ago when things started to shift in 2007 into 2008, you were smart. You guys got ahead of the curve. You guys you know, started chasing the distressed property. You need to know your market well enough to know where you are in the cycle and be time it just as well as you did last time. Get ahead of the curve. Uh, agents who have not been in the business during the last correction, if you uh, don't know it, if you're late to the party, especially on the REOs, you're not going to get invited. So you need to get ahead of the curve. All this stuff is on the Premier Coaching Program. Everything we're talking about, the Premier Coaching Program includes our short sell program, includes our REO program, and all the things that are included in the Premier Co uh, Coaching Program. And if you guys want to learn more about that, the easiest way for you to do it is just request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and you'll get an appointment with one of our new member coaches to answer all the questions you might have. And they're also going to help you get started on your real estate treasure map, which is basically your business plan. We're going to give you that as well. Just by completing the form, you're going to get those six free digital books. You see the images of them there um, on the website, timandjulieharris.com. If you're over on iTunes, as many of you are, just go to uh, timandjulieharris.com and fill out the form. And, or go to free coaching calls for agents and fill out the form, and then we'll get you there. Know your market, guys. Don't be one of these agents that basically is just sitting around hoping and praying and putting their heads in the sand. I remember, and I know we have one more point, Julie. I remember in the last market there were so many agents that had absolute, complete financial devastation because they waited too long to take action. They were in denial about the changing market. Back in 07, when Julie and I were the first big company in uh, the country to start talking about short sales, the number one question we had was, what's a short sale? And we don't have that question now. Everyone knows what it is. But you just wait. When your market really starts to shift, watch to see how many agents are going to basically be in denial about it. Not for a day, not for a week, but for like a year or two. All the while, you've already started grabbing the opportunities the new market has to present. That's how business owners think. That's how entrepreneurs think. That's how you have to think. The greatest fortunes are always made during the greatest times of change. That is a fact. We're entering into one of those now. Julie, you have one more point. Yes, and not surprisingly, point number 10 is become a listing agent so that the other nine points don't matter to you anymore. Can I be any more clear than that? Become a listing agent. Then you don't have to hassle with all of this buyer roundy round. Again, let me be clear. We are not anti-buyer. Buyers make the world go around. If you've got well-qualified, highly motivated, compliant buyers that will do what you ask them to do to get what they want to get, fine. Go put them in contract. But becoming a listing agent or becoming a better listing agent that has a higher level of consistent listing inventory, it's a better lifestyle. You know, all, all the other buyer agents are running around showing your stuff. You could be on the beach right now and still be selling something. It's just a fact. So 
biggest point is always number 10, and I think that's a great place to uh, close, is become a listing agent so that you don't have to hassle with these things. Now, how do you do that? It's one of the main focuses that we have in the Premier Coaching Program. A lot of you guys are okay listing agents because you've dabbled with past clients and friends and people from your center of influence that basically trust you and you haven't had to compete for those listings. But when it comes time to take it to the next level, and when you realize that that spoke in your wheel only has so much to give you, you know, all of your past clients aren't going to be moving all of the time. You're going to reach a speed limit with that. When you realize that you have to be able to compete and take listings with people you don't know, that's when your skill has to increase. That's when you need a pre-listing package. That's when you need a formal listing presentation. That's when you've got to get clear on how to handle objections and how to close. And fortunately for all of you guys, that is what we do. And when the market changes, and it will, and you find yourself in front of a seller, and it, this has come up quite a few times in the past two weeks in my premier coaching class, where the seller is probably going to be a short sale. And maybe all that means is that they refinanced as the market was taking the value of their home up, and now they got relocated, and now they're a little bit upside down, and they're just a tiny little short sale. doesn't matter. You find yourself in that situation, we have your back. We're going to help you win at all situations because, remember, your goal is to be able to say, yes, it's my pleasure to help you with that. Tell me more about your situation. And then refer it if it's well, not I, your cup of tea or list it if it is. Either one is fine. Guys, look at this. And I didn't mean to ha be overly you know, talking about distress, but I just don't want to hold anything back when we're talking to you guys. So the distress stuff is going to come back. I see it happening maybe quicker than I anticipated as far as second half of this year. Here's really all you got to ask yourself. In the past two years, how many houses have sold in your marketplace? A ton, right? How many of those, how, how many of those folks were putting down more than, say, 10%? Hardly any. Isn't it interesting? So if the market corrects by, say, 11%, you know, those people lost their equity, not including the cost of selling the house. You guys get it? So if these folks, if the market depreciates or levels off or whatever nice little politically correct, not offensive word we want to use, but let's just say what it is, depreciates in the next uh, you know, year by maybe 5% or 10%, how many people basically are even in their houses? In other words, they owe what, they, what the house is worth, not including the 10% on average it costs to sell it. Now, if the market corrects further by 15 or 20%, then they're underwater, which means if they have to sell their house, what's going to happen? They have to bring a check to closing. How many of them will? History tells us virtually none of them. So they're going to have to do a short sale. You're going to have to learn. And, you know, Julie just touched on this. The nice thing about short sales this go around is that it's a heck of a lot easier than it was back in 07 when none of the banks had consistent processes. So don't be afraid of a changing market. Go back to what I just shared with you guys. The greatest fortunes, and look, fortune to you could be $100,000 saved. It could be $100 million saved. A fortune to you could be your house paid off. A fortune to you could be a bunch of rental properties, whatever your definition of a fortune is, it's easier to make money during a time of change. Why? Because so many people need help of skilled listing agents, and so few agents have those skills. So we're crossing that bridge right now. You guys are feeling it. The emotions you're, you're seeing in the eyes and from the voices of your buyers and your sellers, those are the same sounds that they were making back in 07. We're crossing the bridge from the old market to the new market, so make sure you're crossing it along with us. Otherwise, you're going to be left behind. That's what matters is that you guys are – Always, obviously, looking for the opportunities that are right in front of you to help folks and make money. But look towards the horizon to make sure you're not missing the changing market. Don't be surprised when it happens. Don't be surprised a year from now if everyone's talking about it, because we have warned you over and over again. 
And by warning, I mean get off your butt, take action, start learning what's necessary so you can be of service to folks because their homeowners are going to be scared. And you need to take responsibility as a real estate professional and know how to help people in all different situations, not just when it's a seller's market, not just when they want to buy a house, not just when they want to sell a house. You need to have the professional excellence of being able to help folks in all markets. So many of you guys don't have the skill set necessary Barely for this market, let alone for a changing market. That's the truth, and you know it. And it's up to you to take – you know, you have to do something about that. Otherwise, as, you know, we're not pulling any punches with you guys. You don't deserve to be in the market if you're not willing and able to help agents – or I'm sorry, sellers in the changing market. You really don't deserve to be in that market. You shouldn't be in the market unless you're willing to have the skill set to help folks. Otherwise, you're just going to hurt them. You're going to give them bad advice. You're not going to be honest with them about or maybe unwittingly unhonest with them about what's happening in the marketplace, despite the fact that we just told you. So, guys, look, take action on this. It's your prerogative to realize that the opportunities, the best opportunities are in a changing market, and they're ahead of you, provided you take the right actions now. If there's anything we can do for you, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.